This is the Past Life Coaching Podcast. Follow me, Monet Florence Combs, into the depths of the subconscious mind, where all of the wisdom you care to seek is stored within your soul's memory, where we embrace and integrate all the parts of ourselves and all the lives we've ever lived and are yet to live. All right. Hello. Everybody, I have Desiree Ferrari with me. Say hi, Desiree. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with everybody and with you. Yay. So Desiree is a certified conscious parenting coach. And we learned, we got a lot from her session um, of her past life. So I want to start start Desiree by just telling them a little bit about you. And, um, I think for this one, it's really helpful to know kind of the context and the backstory of, um, Desiree's life, um, leading up to where we're at and, and how this session kind of helped illuminate, uh, her soul's purpose for this lifetime. Yeah. Thank you. I, You know, I think we can all, most people, not everyone, but most people would say that, you know, they've had pain in their past, especially in their childhood. A lot of us can think of whether it's childhood trauma, which can look different for different people. For some people, it's something much more extreme for some people, much less, but whatever feels traumatic for us. And, you know, for me in my life, um, one of the biggest call it like staples of my childhood. One of the biggest stories that most people know about me is that my mom was married to an alcoholic for several years that was really verbally abusive to us. Um, He would call us names when we were, I mean, literally in preschool and elementary school, he would call us things I had never even heard. I didn't even know these words existed. And, and, And then to hear myself called these awful things I just didn't understand. I was very confused and it was just a very volatile, uncomfortable situation. My relationship with my mom was kept very distant to keep him comfortable. And, and even after that, even after they divorced, there were a lot of things with my parents and I I dearly love my parents. And I can also be really honest about the things that were hurtful to me were very painful, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I carried I carried a lot of that pain into my own adulthood, into my own parenting. And there were things that I was unintentionally taught, things that I learned as a child, as a teenager that shaped my decisions as adults and put me in positions where I was getting hurt even more because of things I learned, things I believed from my parents. And I love that I was chatting with you one day about when my mom's ex-husband, the one that was so abusive, passed away recently and just kind of saying, you know, he he was kind of popping into dreams of mine and was kind of of mine and, and was present in my mind. And I was really surprised because I haven't seen or spoken to this man in like 25 years. So it's not yeah. a recent presence. And and then you asked, you know, you had a soul contract with him. Cause I totally believe in soul contracts and I believe everything serves some purpose in our lives. And I knew that there was some purpose in everything I went through, but I was honestly kind of explaining it away and not allowing myself to feel and not really exploring any deeper because it was kind of like, Oh, I needed to be hurt so that I could understand and help parents who are hurting or help adults who are hurting to heal their childhood. And okay. Yeah but it just wasn't enough. It just felt like it was too oversimplified and too easy to explain away. And then I was just supposed to let it go. So I was really excited. You suggested, and I love your, I lit up with your suggestion on (laughs) looking deeper to go. What do you think is the deeper purpose of all this pain, all this struggle, all this suffering and how it carried over, not just in childhood, but into my adult life in so many ways. And I had no idea what to expect, but I was definitely willing to explore. Yeah. And I want to, I want to pause and talk about soul contracts for anybody who's unfamiliar with that. So this, this kind of came to me when, uh, Desiree and I were preparing for our session was 
this kind of curiosity of like, gosh, why, like, why did she go through all of this, especially as a child, right? When we're not able to stick up for ourselves, we don't have the agency or the sovereignty to be able to leave a situation. And it, it seems, um, it just seems too unfair. Right. And so the question is why, and it, it popped into my head that perhaps this is something that Desiree's soul may have chosen going into this lifetime, right? So I'll, this is just kind of a, um, a teaching moment through my, the framework that I see the world, which is through, um, you know, the lens of souls, right? If we're all human beings walking around, we have our soul within us that has had all these lifetimes uh, up until the very one we're in right now. And as we prepare, we have this time in between lives where we have uh, a choice, which is, do we want to incarnate? And do we want to... Uh, what do we want to learn in this lifetime? What is it we need to learn? And at that time is when we, we plan our, our life and what the lessons that we'll learn, who are the key players? Who are these people who have been put in, who will come into our lives? A lot of times they're the same people that um, kind of come in lifetime after lifetime, our soul family or our cosmic family, and what role are they going to play to help serve us in our soul's growth? And this is, uh, you know, uh, to give a little context for this and how, how I come to believe all of this in, in my work in this past life, uh, quantum healing hypnosis kind of world, if we look, uh, if we read into some of the, the kind of founders of these methods, like Dolores Cannon, for example, um, I, I recommend reading her books. She's great. She has this whole book called uh, Life Between Lives. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> no, that's not it. Between Death and Life. I'm looking behind me because it's on my bookshelf. Between Death and Life and she talks, uh, and it's her encounters with people who are, um, when she's going through these sessions, right. Just like, like these ones that I've been doing that you've been listening to. And like this one with Desiree, sometimes she would go and she would catch, you know, somebody who is in their soul planning stage and getting to talk to somebody who's actually going, you know, talk to them at a soul level, who's going through this and planning their next incarnation. And, uh, so it's, it's very interesting. And I think it helps, you know, you can adopt this belief or not, right. It's totally up to you, but it can really help sometimes make sense of things in our lives when it's, it's difficult, right? Like how, um, bad things can happen to good people sometimes. Um, Desiree, what, when we started talking about that, like, how did that help reframe the possibility for you? It actually like, so how did it reframe the possibility that it was something I had orchestrated? Yeah. Yeah. That it's like kind of your own, um, agency rather than something happening to you or something happening for you. How did that kind of shift how you viewed your life when this possibility was opened up to you? Yeah. I, you know, I think I felt almost less attacked, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. Um, less victimized, less hurt, yeah. um, or less maybe injured. And I felt like it was maybe like, for example, this might be a silly analogy, but like, if I'm riding my bike and someone pushes me off of it and I get hurt, I'm going to mm-hmm. have different feelings than if I'm trying to learn something new on the bike and I fall and get hurt while I'm trying to learn something. It's, oh, I, that's so good. Yeah. 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 
it still hurts, but I don't feel like emotionally injured on top of the pain that I went, you know, or, or I don't mm-hmm. feel pain from another person. So I feel like it kind of released that a little. Yeah. I, I like, that's actually, I love how you um, said that it's kind of like uh, the difference between pain and suffering, right? Yes. Right. Like pain is a feeling in our body. It's a, something we go through, right? Suffering is when we attach um, so much extra meaning to it, that it is, that it makes us suffer. Right. Um, and it, yeah, it kind of takes, it, it releases us from having to, to suffer. Right. Yes. Um, but I know it did the same for me when, um, I got into soul contracts and soul families and stuff. Uh, I don't know, two or three years ago, I started learning about that and it just, it really, really helped me put a little bit of distance, emotional distance between me and the things that I grew up with, um, to be like, oh, okay, let, let's actually look at this in terms of like, what, what am I here to learn versus, um, what, you know, the world being against me and unfair. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pain and suffering. When you said that, that I feel like hit the nail on the head is there Mm. without the suffering and they're so close. Like, Like, it's like, I am suffering if I'm in pain. Yes. But you can like, keep on additional suffering. You just, Oh, you just nailed it. You, the yeah. way you think I'm going to use that. <laughs> that was yeah. Really- yeah. That, um, I stole that from, uh, my time as you know, years as a birth doula, it's, you mm, know, yes. you go through birth, for example, um, you know, y- you should feel pain. Most likely you will not everybody does, but, but pain is something we can tolerate. Pain is something that we're supposed to feel. Our bodies were made to feel it. Like we are, yeah. we are meant to feel pain and it's okay. Right. Suffering. When somebody crosses the line from pain to suffering, that's like, that's when my job is to, okay, how, how do we get you out of suffering mode? Right. Um, yeah. Because that's totally different, totally different. Yes. Um, so I want to listen to parts of this session that we did, um, because it was just, it was really, really, really beautiful. So let's just start at the beginning where you are coming into the scene. You're starting to see what's around you and where you are. Really, really big house, or even maybe like a castle. Like the room I'm in has a, like a bathtub like almost like a closet bathtub, something that's separated from the wall. Mm. There's a massive window, like probably two or three stories high in front of it. It has like sections, like squares, like the whole window is like lots of squares that go up. Mm-hmm. It feels everything, it feels cold. It feels kind of dark. That's why it feels sort of castle-like, like really old. Um, that's all I really noticed at the moment. Mm. And... Is this a place that's familiar to you? Mm. I mean, it feels like I live there. It's not a place I've felt before, but Mm -hmm. in the moment now, it does feel like I live there. Yeah. And tell me, do you know who you are if you look down at your body or catch a reflection in the mirror? Can you describe how you look? I feel like it, it's almost like I don't know if I'm like a princess or some sort of like a leader of this um I feel like I'm like a I hate these words like higher up like I'm someone though that's like looked up to or revered or has some sort of power or authority um mm-hmm. I can't quite pin it um it reminds it puts me in mind of almost like Beauty and the Beast, like how a large like castle or house might look like that, and like I would be like dressed, um, maybe not quite in a gown, but something that's more of a fancy, whatever, with like really long hair and definitely a very very long time ago. Mm-hmm. And is it your castle, or are you visiting the castle? It feels like it's mine. Mm-hmm. 
How are you feeling inside? It feels very monotone, just very mm -mm, nothing exciting, nothing even really sad, almost disconnected, just just there. Yeah, so when this um, scene showed up, right, this is the first uh, I guided Desiree into the session. And this is what what her um, higher self showed showed her was this scene. And it's always interesting because I never know where it's going to lead or what's going to happen. <laughs> what were you thinking at this point, Desiree? I was just fascinated by the whole process because I've had other people tell me about other lifetimes that I've lived, mm. but I've gotten to go myself and explore them in that way. Yeah. And it was so exciting for me to get to do that. I'd always wanted to. And just, I think just noticing everything and even just being able to feel how I felt in that time, being able to see it as though I were there. So like, as if, if I was there and even feeling just like almost the coldness of the, of the place, mm. it, it was just really, it was a fascinating process. I was really excited, really curious. I had quite a few sometimes, am I doing this right? Am I making this up? <laughs> great to encourage me to be like, whatever comes to you. And, and when I trusted that and just released any fear of judgment of myself, it just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming and yeah. seeing it up. I'm so glad you encouraged me to just go with it. Yeah. That's a good point too. It's like when you, um, our, our conscious mind likes to interfere a little bit in the beginning and it's like, wait, like, is this real? Are you making this up? Like what's actually happening? But as soon as you trust and just kind of let that go and kind of release the reins, um, and, and surrender, then something kind of clicks and it, the, the subconscious takes over and it just kind of flows. It's, it's really, it's really interesting and, and mm -hmm. wild. Um, yeah. and so what we noticed was, or what I noticed, I, what I picked up on was how, like you start, it was this kind of thread of disconnection right? It's mm -hmm. like you're yeah. this princess or something in this castle. And yet you're, you're just feeling totally disconnected. Mm -hmm. So then, um, we started to explore that a little bit. Uh, you had an event that was going to be coming up. So I'm going mm -hmm. to play a clip from that now. I feel like there will be eating and dancing and talking and laughing and I don't know how connected I really feel with everybody else there. I'm there but I don't know that I don't feel like I feel genuine connection with other people. Mm -hmm. Like I'm there, but maybe somehow separate from them in a way. Yeah. Like you feel separate inside maybe. Yeah. I feel like physically I'm close to people, you know, sitting next to them talking things, but it just feels very just like closed off and distant. Mm -hmm. Preserved. Yeah. So now we're starting to see a theme. <laughs> yeah. A theme of, um, yeah, just kind of general discontent. Would dis discontent maybe, or, um, it just felt like I, it's almost like I felt nothing. Like I was so numb and so mm. that there was just, so yeah, there was like no connection at all. It was, it was not just disconnected from other people. It was even disconnected from my own feelings and emotions. Like I had just learned to, as soon as you feel something, just turn it off and uh, so yeah. completely closed off emotionally was just the way I was used to being. And it literally just felt like nothing other than just like emptiness or almost a heaviness. But even that it was like, it was just so tight and constricted. It was like, mm. even heaviness would have been like feeling too much. So you even kind of numbed that out too. Right. Yeah. And so this is kind of where I started to get a clue that probably the um, emotional landscape of the scene was, was the, the most um, important thing to kind of follow as yeah. opposed to, you know, the literal events. So mm -hmm. we started kind of looking for how, how are the emotions changing over time? Uh, and so I moved her to an important day 
um, which was her wedding. And I'm going to play a clip from how she was feeling about it. I feel like I almost have nothing to say. Like my, almost like my breath is taken. Like it's not, not like in a breathtaking kind of way, just like a, I mean, literally, I almost feel speechless, like, like I have no control, like this is something I'm supposed to do. Mm. You know, there just doesn't feel like, you know, like the reasons I would get married in this lifetime. Now, I, I just, this is not why I would, this is just almost like an arrangement. This is what is to be done. And it's just this, you know, particular excitement. I mean, just, it's just not, you know, there's nothing really to be really genuinely excited about Mm -hmm. yeah not not the happiest wedding day yeah just like everything like it was like like this is what we're doing just another day in the life yeah yeah so I so then I I asked what happened after the wedding you know how does the life change um if anything and this is this is what Desiree said like I just feel Kind of lonely and sad like we have children even though I love my children just that it wasn't what I really wanted it's like the way that it all came about like what I really wanted in love or a family like on the outside I have all the things that look like they should be perfect and what people want but it's just not not the warmth and the like really not the warmth that I was wanting not that mm-hmm. um, I just have this regret just this sense of <sighs> like it just mm, okay um yeah it just still has more of that same mm, feeling like a heavy kind of shrug off like mm, whatever yeah. no excitement no pleasure no real joy uh-huh. yeah so you it's interesting you got you got the things you you know maybe that people want right you, you have all these, you have all these things, you know, you have your castle, you have, you know, wealth, you have your, um, I presume if you're, you know, based off of the, um, the scene, right. You have your marriage, you have your children, and yet it's like inside, you're still so disconnected from yourself. Yeah. It doesn't desires. Like, I don't know why, I don't think I've done really to find out why, but for whatever reason, I just was like taught not to feel the things, to do the things, but not to feel the things. And so the thing is like, the real idea is that having the feelings is what brings so much joy to the things that you have, whether it's family, whatever. But, and, and I see a lot of people do that in just the present day is that they acquire all the things, hoping that gives them the feelings. Right. with marriages and children and all the, all of, you know, well, let's get a house and let's make it. It's, it's the people in it that make it the home when you have that connection and that love and that mm. that's what brings all the happiness to the house or because the house can be less than what you want because right. of the things of the people in it. And so it's kind of like the same thing is that, that while that wasn't my intention was to create the feelings because it wasn't supposed to have the feelings, you know, mm-hmm. no matter, it didn't matter what things I had because there were no feelings there to add joy to even the family, the marriage, any of it. Right. And so then something changes, uh, which is her, her husband in this lifetime passes away. And so we have a big shift. Like right now, it's just like a, almost like a dawn, like, like light is coming. Like there's just a sense of that there's something more, there's something else. Mm-hmm. just opening up to that like when you see light on the horizon it's on and it's like oh like like my eyes are opening in a whole new world just the possibility of, of a different life is presenting itself wow and I'm just yeah just kind of like oh, like not in disbelief but just like in awe mm-hmm. yeah so then what what happens start exploring start exploring me and 
who I am, what I want, what makes me happy. Just noticing, just observing, allowing myself to feel, allowing myself to to know what makes me happy, to choose it, to even to even think about it because it matters as opposed to it not really mattering because there was things to do, obligations to fulfill. Mm -hmm. Does anything change with your children? like there's this warm almost like golden glow of light within me that's beginning to grow and they're attracted to that light like they're drawn to that light and they're feeling it mm. they might not consciously understand but it's just you know just that nature in them that's drawn to that and in a way that's it's just rubbing off on them somehow like they're they're benefiting from it they're feeling it and it feels different to be in my presence it feels different to be with me and just seeing me, you know, finally feel some happiness and contentment, fulfillment in some way is like they're re reacting or responding to that. Mm -hmm. Really interesting. Yeah. So think something starts to shift. I'm I'm curious, Desiree. It th there seem to be some parallels with your own life. And this life, can yeah. you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, even in this life right now, like there was a degree to which my feelings needed to be silenced because it was like, as a child, like my feelings were not convenient for the adults. You know, like for example, when my mom was married to the man who was abusive, um, she was where she needed to be based on how she felt about herself and did she feel like she could make it on her own or was deserving of this or worthy of that? And so she was kind of wrestling with all her own stories and pain and what have you. And so me having feelings about not feeling safe or not wanting to be there, like it just mm -hmm. almost bang up against what she was going through. And so what I learned as a child was like, just be quiet and don't be a problem for anybody and don't need anything because the adults are busy taking care of their own needs and they can't be bothered with the children's needs right now. The children will be told what they need and what they'll have. You know, it was just mm, yeah. never done like in a mean way. It was just done in a way that no matter how much I said or cried, I don't like it here. I'm not happy. I'm tired of being yelled at. I don't feel safe. I'm uncomfortable. It was just like, I know. And then we just moved on. Like it was, you know, <laughs> yeah, no space for, oh, you don't feel safe. How can I help you feel safe? What do you live with this man? Well, but this is where we're going to be. So, you know, it was just like, so too bad, honey. Thank you for sharing your feelings. We're going back to our life now. And so I just feel like, you know, and a lot of us, especially as women, but a lot of people in general, uh, and I really, just, I do feel like it's more with women. We're just raised not to be a problem, not to have our feelings and needs and emotions to just be quiet. Don't make waves, be a good girl. And yeah, like our emotions are inconvenient. Yes, seriously. Yeah. And God forbid we actually have, you know, if we have a mood swing or some serious <laughs> right. emotional, now we're easily written off as though that's how they are. And, and so there wasn't, there wasn't room for me to feel what I was feeling without feeling like I was being inconvenient or bothered in this life right now. And I'm kind of like, as I'm even just listening and talking about, you know, in that lifetime, how it was like a uh, dawn, right? Like as the mm -hmm. sun peek out and this warm light starts to glow above the horizon. And it's like, I'm kind of in a space like that right now in my life where I'm opening up to like, again, and on a different level, all of the, the ease and the fun and the joy that there is to experience in life and not feeling like I need a reason. I don't mm -hmm. need to buy it. I don't have, to. well, you're only allowed to, because there's no, I'm allowed to, because I feel it. I'm allowed to, because I want it. I'm allowed to, yes available to me, not, well, you're allowed to feel happy because it's this holiday or this graduation or this celebration, or because, you know, it's the correct or right or appropriate thing to do. I'm allowed to feel it just like kittens wake up in the morning and they're playing. They don't wait for a reason or the, you know, the sun comes up and the birds sing nature yeah. is to be is naturally fun and happy and carefree. And I don't have to justify it. I'm allowed to feel it just because I do. So I, I'm enjoying hearing the recording because 
I'm feeling that same dawn of emotions and this everything opening up in my life. And it's, it's really exciting. Yeah. That's, that's so beautiful. Yeah. You know, joy and joy is our birthright. Right. And it's like, we don't need to justify that. Um, so the, the next part is this. So this part's really cool. (laughs) I got really excited when this happened. So, um, Desiree, tell us a bit about Eli, who he is and who he has been (laughs) in your life, lifetimes. Yeah. He's like the most amazing creature that ever walked the face of the earth. (laughs) I tell people I worship the water this man walks on. He is such a precious soul to me. He is my best friend, my partner in life, my soulmate, my co-parent, my twin flame. I mean, it's, it's the most beautiful thing. And I, I remember telling him years ago, um, he came to visit me. He came from New York to Florida and, and I said, this might sound really crazy, but I feel like when we get together, like we're connected in a way that exists outside this physical world. I feel our souls are coming together to play. And it's almost like our souls are the children coming together for a play date. And it's our physical bodies that are the parents, like bringing the children to each other. Ooh, I love that. Together. Like, and I imagine like, if you see like, (laughs) I love it. if you see like the earth, like from space, and then above that, you see all like the expanse of like the blackness and the stars and up there is where these soul, like children are playing together is like mm-hmm. physical world. And, uh, and he really liked that his beliefs and mine are very different and he's so accepting and loving of whatever I believe and, and whatever. So I just, I've known for a while that we've been through other lifetimes together, sometimes as partners, sometimes not. And just, um, So, yeah. So coming across him again in this lifetime that you and I were exploring together wasn't surprising to me, like in a way it was in a way like, well, not really though. Cause (laughs) yeah, for so long that, yeah, it was just, it was fun to see who he was in that lifetime because he's so much that person in this lifetime for me as well. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, let's, let's play the part where where you run across him and you, you find him. Eli, who's my soulmate in this life now, like I met him later in life. And it was just like like being wrapped in a soft hug that was like nothing I'd ever felt before. It was just soothing and peaceful and comforting and just like home like like being wrapped in a soft blanket let me clarify are you do you mean that eli is in your in this past life too yeah oh that's so cool (laughs) i get so excited i know i love it (laughs) like wait what I love that. And so then, uh, <laughs> I, so let's, let's move, move on. I want to play the next part. Okay. That's amazing. How does your life change? It feels like it becomes so happy that I'm not really thinking anymore but like I wasn't really thinking before either but I just almost felt numb like I was going through life and shutting down my thoughts Mm -hmm. but now it's like instead of my thoughts being shut down it's like they're just I don't know there's just like this freedom this lightness of just now I'm just experiencing life Mm -hmm. as opposed to just feeling numb and shut down it's really loud I don't know how to explain it it's just getting to just be and feel and live and do and it's crazy it's so drastically different from what was it's almost like the complete opposite yeah there's a lightness and there's a light Mm -hmm. and it like permeates every level of my being it's just it's like something not of this world wow that's so cool that's what a shift. 
What a shift. It was drastic. It was, it felt like it was soft and it came in like, it wasn't like a quick, like snapping from one thing into the next, but it's just where I was to where I ended up was drastically different, but it felt like it was the softest thing that just eased in, in such a way that it, it just, it took over in such just an amazing and beautiful way. That's amazing. So, so shortly after this, we brought, uh, Desiree's higher self forward to talk. And this was exciting for me because I got to ask some questions about how, how much of, you know, kind of what we were speculating before was how much of this current life, uh, you know, was, did she choose herself? How does this life that she was just shown, how does that relate? And so I'm, I'm going to play a bit of that because I think her, her higher self is, uh, will, will explain all of it. <laughs> How much of this lifetime was, was chosen by her in advance, her challenges? All of it. All of it. And what was the purpose of that for her soul's journey? What did her soul need to learn this lifetime? Trust and peace. Forgiveness and understanding. Mm. Pain, like she needed to feel the pain. Is it because she didn't feel a lot in the past, the previous lifetime? Is that why that this lifetime she had to really feel it? She gets to feel her feelings now. She gets to feel her feelings now. That's really powerful. She doesn't have to shut them down anymore. Yeah. She needs to feel them. Yeah. She has to feel them and express them. This is her lifetime to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love it that your higher self instead of saying she has to feel her feelings, it's she gets to feel her feelings. Yeah. I didn't get to before. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, you know, I love, I just wanted to say one thing I loved, I noticed then and hearing it now when my higher self got to speak, it feels so different. There's an oh, yeah. of like not disconnected. It's kind of like when you can be on the outside of something and speak about it because you're not in it where it's like hitting your emotions, but you can stand mm-hmm. this wisdom and this confidence and this just security and certainty about it. And it felt so good even feeling that energy just to feel grounded and centered and solid about just trusting and knowing everything was for the best as opposed to being emotional and asking why and all these things I loved feeling that energy when we got mm-hmm. and talked to her yeah it is it is really neat to be able to it, it's like all of the all of the kind of like earthly drama like just kind of mm-hmm. floats away yes and yeah the, and the higher self is just so like clear and calm. And, and one of my favorite things is everybody's higher self has like a different kind of personality and vibe. Yeah. And it's always really funny to see who's, who's is like what. <laughs> oh, I love it. And yeah, yours is just very like peaceful and calm and like just this kind of um, like uh, serene energy. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. Yeah. And, oh, and so then I asked about Eli, right? Your partner. And here's what your higher self said. So I, I think it's really beautiful how she's known her partner, Eli in two lifetimes now is, um, how many lifetimes have they been together? Seven. Seven? 
Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. So they're, they're, would you call them soulmates or twin flames or what are they? Definitely soulmates and becoming twin flames in this lifetime. Wow. <laughs> I'm like geeking out <laughs> during this session because it's so exciting. Um, so did you know, did you know that you had spent seven lifetimes together, specifically seven? I never counted. Um, I knew that there were, I could, I knew even stories and scenes from, from many of them, um, yeah. a couple, maybe three or four. Um, so that was really like, Oh, to have a number. I don't think the number mattered as much to me because it, whether it was one with a powerful experience or 10, it just, but it was like, Oh, okay, well, that's interesting. I almost feel like it was more than that, but I'm trusting if it was seven. It was seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if, uh, yeah, have you been together? I wonder if like you were together romantically in seven, right? And maybe there were other other times possibly. when you guys were together as friends or That's possible. Um, family members. I don't know. So so interesting. Um and so I wanna I wanna just kind of talk about these two terms, uh soulmates and twin flames. So soulmates would be um two people who kind of incarnate together right? Um, repeatedly. And they, they incarnate together and come together in, in these lifetimes together romantically, right? That would be a soulmate. Um, a twin flame is a soul that is, it's one soul split into two. And so if somebody's like if two people are twin flames, they're going to be very similar to each other. There's a lot of passion, a lot of, um, a lot of fire there, a lot of, um, sometimes tension, right? Because you're, there's so much of you in the other person and vice versa. And so that's really interesting that they, her higher self said, she's, they're definitely soulmates and becoming twin flames in this lifetime. I'm just curious if you have any like intuitive insight into what, what you think that might mean, or like, if you felt that if there's some sort of shift, I don't know. It's so interesting. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've even been thinking about that a lot since because soulmate and twin flame are very different, um, similar, but different, you know, like, like as far as the relationship goes. Right. And mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, like maybe that wasn't quite maybe accurate and that, you know, because what I understand soulmates and twin flames aren't the same because you wouldn't really be soulmates with yourself, mm -hmm. um, but maybe it was just to signify that level of connection of that closeness. But then in this lifetime, really coming together because twin flames, from what I, from one of the things I've understood, and this may not quite be accurate because depending on where you get the information from, it might be a little different. Yeah. We'll come together in a lifetime to do something together, um, like on, on a very grand scale. Um, which I feel like we are doing, but yeah, just the idea. And I've been talking to him about this since too. We've both been really fascinated and looking into, but yeah, the, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I think I really don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. And I keep remembering what my higher self said and like, Oh, I want to feel into that more. I want to look at that more and, and see, because yeah. it's definitely been, we've definitely had our share of challenges and ways that our lives mirrored each other. Like we would have our own situations that were different, but that brought up the same feelings in the other person. Because oh, mm -hmm. And so it's been so fascinating to see how our lives would mirror each other and help both of us to grow and heal in certain ways that we never thought would ever, would just ever be a thing for us. We never thought this would be a situation we'd have to handle or we never, and we didn't realize how much personal growth was available for each of us and then how much growth as a couple. So interesting. Um, I, I think that our higher self often knows more than they let on. Sometimes they don't give us all the details. There's, there might be something that we just don't even know, right? Like about how twin flames work or how they like, maybe, maybe soulmates become twin flames. Maybe that's like the ultimate 
realization of your relationship together. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be something wonder, interesting to explore. Yeah. I, I can I think the feeling that I get from it is that, um, like if, so if twin flame is one soul split into two bodies that there's not necessarily going to be just one lifetime where those souls come and recognize each other, or maybe, or maybe it's like they get to know each other and they're, you know, cause they're still living two separate lifetimes, like on the planet. And so that, that there's like this coming together where they're getting close to each other and getting familiar and getting mm. to, that comes again and again, and this, there's more closeness built. And then there comes a time where there's actually the recognition of, Oh, you're not just someone that I feel so connected to. It's because we are actually the same soul like that. And that's the feeling I kind of get from us. Mm. They've been soulmates. And then in this lifetime, I feel like it's like, we've come so close to each other and gone round and round and round and been yeah. close. And now it's like, Oh, that's why, like, now we understand why. Yeah. Now you're remembering. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is the lifetime to remember all of the lifetimes together before. Right. Yes. And that yeah. soul awareness that you didn't have before. Yeah. Super cool. Um, I want to play one more clip, um, about basically what kind of the higher self's parting note and our big takeaway from this, this session. Remember, always remember, remember the other lifetimes, remember how it was, remember how it was in the beginning when you couldn't feel. Mm-hmm. Remember how you felt later, how it felt to feel. And remember that you asked for this. You wanted to feel. You needed to feel. You gave yourself the opportunities to feel. And these are gifts because you finally get to feel. And you also get to release and to heal. I'm going to play one more little piece here. And just remember that. Every opportunity to feel is a gift. This is the human experience. Mm. This is what evolves your soul. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting how I think, I just want to throw this in that I think it's interesting. We see this kind of movement right now or this uh, narrative in the spiritual community, which is like, you know, think positive thoughts, do be as high vibe as you can, right? Which I think is bullshit, but I'll save that for another podcast episode. Yeah. um, You know, just, you can't make yourself be more high vibe. We are, we are high vibrational beings. That's who we are. Um, And we have to let ourselves feel we have like, that's part for ourselves to grow and evolve as souls, we have to embrace the human experience and not push away feelings and push, push away this negativity, right? It's all part of the integration of, you know, the polarities of the, the negative and the positive. That's part of being a human. Yeah. How did that land for you? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you that like, it can't be like high vibe all the time. I think someone's idea, like their goal in saying that originally was not to live in a low vibe space and that to be constantly swimming in. And I think people took it to a, a way to, <laughs> to, to an extreme. We're not allowed to feel any negative feelings or any, you know, anything we would view as negative. And it's like, well, yeah, you can, it just doesn't mean you have to be the only things you feel. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think just recognizing that, you know, all of it is part of the human experience. And what came up for me then, and every time I thought about this sense is if anyone's familiar with the movie City of Angels, it had Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan in it. And this movie is probably 15 or 20 years old, but it, in that movie, Nicolas Cage played the part of an angel and angels didn't feel anything. They didn't feel emotion. They didn't feel pain. They didn't feel hunger. They didn't feel pleasure, nothing. They had no feeling and they could fall and come to earth where they could be human and feel all the things. And in that movie he did, and you could see the first time that he felt pain, like if I don't know if he cut his finger or what happened, but even feeling that it was like, Oh wow. Or feeling hunger, like anything. It's just like, what if we never got to feel any of that? How empty, how just stark, how bare would our lives feel? Well, I know. Cause I just saw it and it was not, yeah. and it was not good to shut down all feeling. And so now I just get to be like, it's 
not that I want to feel pain or sadness, but just knowing that I get to feel all the things it's part of it. And it's, it's just like when we watch movies, right. And someone's sad or dying or scared in the movie, we're like, we're so in it. And that's part of what makes the movie good. You know, Mm -hmm. everybody was happy all the time. We'd be bored with it. And and so knowing that all of it is all the layers. And again, I don't have to stay in any one spot. I don't have to be sad all the time or happy all the time. I get to kind of dance and weave in and out of these things. Yes. Just appreciate that it's all part of the human experience. Yes, absolutely. Hallelujah. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Desiree, where can people, how can people find you and work with you? I have uh, my website is parentingwithdesiree.com and Desiree is D-E-S-I-R-E-E. Um, on Facebook, I have a group specifically for parents of teenagers. I think parenting through the teen years is the hardest I've ever been through. We have four teenagers age 13 to 19, and it is definitely nothing like parenting a five-year-old or a 10-year-old. It's a whole other deal. So I'm not looking forward to it. So I will be calling you once my five-year-old who's already acts like a teenager. Oh my gosh. A real teenager. I love it. I would, I look forward to it. And, you know, I think the teen years can honestly be the best years. There's just, just sometimes we just need a little support. And that's what I love to be here for with the parents. I went through hell with my oldest and that's when I worked with a parenting coach. He was about 13, 14 mm-hmm. and back my relationship with my son. Like I was really afraid I was going to lose it and like lose the relationship entirely. He'd move out. I'd never see him again. And, and going my own personal healing changed our relationship so much. I'm actually going to a concert tonight with my kids that my 19 year old son wanted me to go to. Wow. That's amazing. So it's very different. And I want so much for other parents to get to do their healing for themselves and for their kids so they can enjoy these years of parenting. And so, yeah, so parents of teens is the name of the group on Facebook. Um, and then on Facebook and Instagram, both I'm just I'm under parenting with Desiree. Perfect. And I will link all of this in the show notes as well. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. This has been so fun. Good. Thank you so much for coming, Desiree. And I will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Curious what your own higher self has to say about you? Are you curious what kind of life you have lived before this? Or is there a question about your life or your business that you're dying to know the answer to? Go to my website, monetflorencecoaching.com to sign up for your own soul wisdom activation. See you soon.